Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so incredibly glad to have you. So glad to have you here. You were made by the Creator. You were formed with intent, with purpose, and what a gift that you are here listening to unedited. I hope that something that's shared here today will encourage you to strengthen your walk with God, to grow in the habit and the discipline of daily Bible reading and prayer, which is the best habit you could ever choose to establish in your life. Today, I would just like to go back and review a few basics as it relates to Bible reading and prayer. As Maria said in Sound of Music, let's go back to the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. And I just want to remind each of us that Jesus wants a relationship with us. The relationship that he wants with us is formed in Bible reading and prayer. We can't form individual relationships in crowds. We gather at church so that we can worship corporately, so we can hear the preached word and respond to it, to develop deeper connections with the body of Christ. But we form our own personal relationship with Jesus in a prayer closet. And when we learn to read and to study his word, that's where we get to know him And that's where we make ourselves known to him. And that is where relationship and intimacy are formed. We read the Bible for a few key reasons. Number one, it is how we find salvation. It is God's roadmap to eternal life where we see the plan of redemption unfold. God saving humanity from sin. And we see the plan of salvation that he gives us in the New Testament. Once we're saved, it's where we find out how to live a saved life. There's a lot of guidelines given to us in the epistles on how to stay saved. The word of God is food for our souls. It is food for our spirit. Each one of us is made up of flesh and spirit. One side of us wants to do good and one side of us wants to do bad. And the one we starve will be weakened. The one we feed will be nourished and strengthened and will grow. And when we read the word of God, it feeds our souls. It feeds our spirit, man. It feeds that side of us that wants to do good. and It feeds our faith. Also, we read the word of God because it gives us direction. It gives us peace. It gives us comfort. It gives us hope and counsel and strength. It becomes a refuge. I can tell you I have run into, literally run into the word of God as a refuge so many times in my life. It's become so special and such a key part 
of my life. We read the Word of God, like I already mentioned, because it's how we get to know God. The Bible is the way God has chosen to reveal himself to us. Now, God can speak outside of his word. He can sometimes speak through impressions. He can speak to us through other people. He can speak through the preached word. But the Bible is truly the way God has chosen to reveal himself to humanity. And we read our Bibles because it heals broken hearts. The word of God heals hearts. I firmly, firmly believe that. I believe that counseling and therapy have their place but ultimately I believe they can only facilitate and help facilitate a healing that God alone can do only the one who made a human heart a human soul a human mind can repair it only the one who made us can make crooked things straight can wrap up and bind up wounds and heal deep places. And so those are just a handful of the reasons that we read the Word of God. Why do we pray? We pray, and this list, I will say, is from a sermon that my pastor preached about a year ago or so, and I had asked him if I could use it for an episode. Maybe it was actually a couple years ago because I think this is from episode 26. Um, But I'm just going to go through this list really quickly. Six reasons why we pray. We pray number one to walk with God and again to develop intimacy. Number two, it builds up our faith. Jude said, pray in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith. Number three, prayer allows us to lay down our burdens. I love Psalm 55, 22. It says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. When we pray and we verbally process with God and we Um, give him what he desires which is truth in the inward parts vulnerability sincerity honesty there is something that we are unburdened the things that are pent up and bottled up on the inside of us find a release find a way out and we are lightened our load is lightened the weight on our shoulders is lifted number four prayer brings us into agreement with the will of God we know Jesus prayed in the garden nevertheless not my will, but thine be done. And this is something that we do in prayer. We wrestle sometimes with God. Just before he made that statement, Jesus said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He said, this is not what I want. I don't want to have to drink this cup of your wrath. But if it's what you're requiring of me, I will go through it. And it's in prayer that we surrender our way, our will, our preferences, our quote unquote rights, And we surrender and submit and come into agreement and alignment with the will of God. Number five, prayer takes us from the flesh to the spirit. This is where we transition. I cannot tell you the number of times that I have walked into my prayer closet so carnal, so negative, so burdened, so bogged down and weighted. And there is just something that happens as I spend that time in there communicating and communing with God that I can walk out a totally different person in so many senses and be able to walk in the spirit. And number six, prayer confuses the plan of Satan. Jesus told Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith fails, not when you fail. I pray that your faith doesn't fail. And prayer does confuse the plan of Satan. And he's thrown off when we hold on to a a prayer life. 
maybe in seasons where it looks like we shouldn't. And so those are such basics, just some of the reasons, not even really practical how-tos, but just some basic reminders of reasons that we pray. It's so vital. It's so imperative. It's so important to our walk with God, to our Christianity, and to our enduring all the way to heaven. And again, it's just back to the basics. We're getting close to the back to school time and this is basic. This is back to the basics, but a lot of the best things in life are so basic and so simple, but that doesn't mean they're easy. If you think about saving money, it's so simple, right? Set money aside, put it in the bank, put it in a pillowcase, put it under your mattress, but it's not easy. It's a lot easier to go to the store and spend it. It requires discipline to save money. It's a good thing to save money. This is so basic, but it is not easy because our flesh does not want to establish this habit. Our schedules sometimes are so jam-crammed that it's difficult to establish this habit. And the enemy does want to keep us busy and keep us distracted because this habit is our lifeline to the vine. This habit is our lifeline, our connect point to Jesus. And he certainly does not want us to establish this habit. And so I just want to encourage us to continue to read and pray. Slow down with the word of God. Let the word of God speak to you. Let God speak to you through his word. He's a speaking God and he wants to minister to you in his word and in a prayer closet. Today, I am going to share something from my own devotion time this morning. It was just one of those mornings where God just kind of blew my mind in his word. I just went down. I was planning to sit down and read Leviticus. And um, actually, I finished Colossians yesterday, so I was going to pick a, a second book. And nope, totally went a different direction. And I just am going to read this unedited journal entry to you written this morning. It is called Stand Fast, Hold Fast. Stand fast, hold fast. Happy Friday. Okay, this morning is one of those times where random thoughts and blue letter Bible and the word of God have just blown my mind. It went a little something like this. I got to church and began to think about fasting, which I've had several conversations about this week. I decided to look up fast, fasts, fasted, fasting, and fastings in the concordance. As soon as I sat down, I did. My brain immediately noticed something as I searched fast, stand fast, hold fast. I finished searching all of the original words intended and then went back to fast. Hold fast or holding fast is used 10 times in the New Testament and stand fast is used six times in the New Testament. I looked up a lot of them, and without a super deep dive, there is one Greek word for stand fast and at least four Greek words for hold fast. The Meg definition goes like this. Number one, stand fast. Stay your ground. Don't move. Persevere to maintain your place. Number two, hold fast. Cling to. Clutch a particular thing firmly with a white knuckle grasp and faithfully. We are told to stand fast in the faith, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for faith of the gospel, this would be unity, 
We're told to stand fast in the Lord, in the traditions or the apostles' doctrines which you have been taught, whether by word or by our epistle. We are told to hold fast that which is good, the form of sound words which we have heard, the faithful word taught, that sound doctrine can exhort and convince gainsayers. We are told to hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope unto the end. Our profession, the profession of our faith, the church in Pergamos is commended for holding fast Jesus' name. It says in Revelation 3.3, Remember what you have received and heard and hold fast and repent. And number nine, just simply hold fast till I come. Number 10, behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. I have been sitting here for over an hour, mind boggled over the word of God. I love, love, love when the Lord shows me a little theme or pattern or takes me on a little journey in the word that I did not expect in any way, shape, or form. What a word. That's my manna for today. Stand fast, hold fast. My brain goes about a million directions from there. Paul and John wouldn't have used these phrases so many times if Christians were not going to need brutally tenacious endurance. Stand your ground, stand firm, don't give up your place, don't let the enemy push you out of your spot, a bit like King on the Mountain, which we played as kids. Stand fast, hold fast, cling, clutch, hold on for dear life, sink your fingernails in, hold on like you're riding a bucking bronco, like you're holding your seatmate's hand on Raging Bull. Hold on to good, your confidence, your faith, the apostles' doctrine, and truth like they are the most precious, priceless treasure you possess, because they are. Hold fast until he comes. Revelation 3.11, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Stand fast, hold fast. That was a word. Thank you, Jesus. And in the middle of that word, I found a treasure for overflow. Hebrews 3.6, But Christ is a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of hope firm unto the end. This brings to mind By and By by Carlton Pearson, where he shared the story of a little old church mother, Mother Sherman, who always asked the question, Son, you yet holding on? Yes, Mother Sherman, I'm holding on. Then you just keep on keeping on, baby. I close out this Bible study journey with a profession of faith. Oh yes, I'm yet holding on. So today, just a very simple episode, probably like always, but just a reminder to stand fast, hold fast, hold on to your faith, hold on to sound doctrine. If you do not know what sound doctrine is, if you do not know what you believe about salvation, Get into the Word of God. The Word tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Each one of us is going to give an account before God of what we've believed, of our obedience to His Word. And so it is so imperative that we know and have 
a strong grasp on sound doctrine. Get a hold of it. Hold fast. Hold on to your faith. We're going to make it all the way to the end with rejoicing. Thank you so, so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit meganedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy.